0: back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. Wow, about this episode. This episode with Avery Hopkins of Kimia Arts is full of fantastic stories about alchemy, literal alchemy. Avery is an alchemist. And in this episode, we discussed how he got into alchemy, what alchemy is, and some stories about the magic that has come of this path, both for himself and people who have worked with his metallic oils and his other products. If you want to talk about destiny or getting clear signs from the universe about your path, I'll just say wow again at how clearly guided Avery has been onto this path. I love stories like his that express how intricately the universe can and does dance with us, sometimes in a way that I wouldn't say feels unreal, but hyper real. I mean, have you heard the universe talk back to you in the form of signs, uncanny synchronicities, the path unfurling before you? Sometimes I know people can get spooked when it feels like the universe is talking to them. But it's actually normal to interact with the universe. And it's part of why I created this show to talk about things like this, you know, spiritual lifestyle. What does that really mean? It's living a spiritual life. It's not just spirituality happening sometimes, but it's that bigger picture, that experience of the universe permeating all of life. And if this is your first time here, I'm Sabrina Monarch, and I'm an evolutionary astrologer, which means that I look at astrology from the perspective of the soul's ongoing evolution, both when I write forecasts for what the collective might be experiencing and when I work with clients one-on-one. I write weekly forecasts at my website, monarchastrology.com, to put words to the pulse of the current planetary transits. These forecasts are loved by readers, and I think they're pretty juicy, so I hope that you'll check them out. That's monarchastrology.com. Also, Avery has offered the Magic of the Spheres listeners 20% off the products on his website, kimiaarts.com. That's K-Y-M-I-A arts.com. I'll also leave the link in the show notes. Um, But he's offering this when you use the coupon code MONARCH20. That's monarch and then the number 20. You can take the metallic oils. They each have a planetary association. For example, the oil of gold is for the sun and the oil of copper is for Venus. Those are two of the archetypes we talked about in the show. Um, And you can use these to balance and bring healing to that archetypal layer of your life. There's also tons of info on his website about the properties and effects of all of his products if you want to learn more. And alchemy and astrology both work with the maxims as within, so without, and as above, so below. And I've taken this to heart, and it's a big part of my practice and how I move about life. I've been steadily changing my external circumstances in life by changing myself, or changing myself by intentionally bonding with external facets of reality that I know would empower me, like doing yoga, or eating healthy, or going to grad school. So when I bond with plants or medicines or alchemical oils, that's a way that I can play with this as within, so without Maxim and change my life. So if you want to try that out too, use the coupon code MONARCH20 for 20% off at Kimia Arts. And now to get into the episode, one more note, please forgive the sound quality. It was a phone conversation, but such a good conversation at that. And I'm really excited to share it with you. Hey, Avery. Thank you so much for coming on to the show with me. I'm so excited to talk to you about alchemy and get to know a little bit more about The magic of it in your own life. And I've really enjoyed following your work um, and experiencing your oils back in, I think it was 2015. Um, But I've always just really appreciated the way that you carry this art and share it with other people. So the first thing that I'd like to ask you is a little bit about your path with alchemy, how you discovered it um, and what brought you to it. Yeah, that's
1: a long story, but I'll try to summarize it.
0: Go for it. Yeah.
1: I kind of feel like my entire life and universe conspired to bring this into my attention. But the short answer is basically, I was I was raised Christian, like extremely religious. I was that guy that went to church two to three times a week, Christian summer schools and camps. I walked around high school with a Bible in my hand and only hung out with like other Christian religious people. So... That reality started to kind of get shaken for me later on when I went to college and I studied art. I used to be a painter. I worked for a long time as a professional painter and designer. But when I was at school, in art school, people started to question me about my religion. And at one point I was at this party and everyone's talking about politics and gurus and art and being all pretentious, whatever they do. And people were talking about God and their opinion of what God is. And at one point, somebody turned to me and they asked, what do I believe? And I was like, well, I believe in Jesus. And this entire party started laughing at me. Oh. Like 30 people, they're just, they're just laughing so hard and making fun of me. Like, oh my God, I can't believe believe all this crap. And, and it made me feel humiliated, obviously. And, and that was really shitty. So, after that party... I kind of told myself that I never want to feel like that ever again and I want to be more prepared to stand up for myself if somebody like starts arguing with me about beliefs. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll educate myself further on my religion. And I started to read the Bible. I read it cover to cover. And during that time of reading it, I came to realize that my religion wasn't really what I thought it was. And... There's a potential that maybe what I learned in Sunday school and wherever was a, a different perspective, like an interpretation. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should read another version of the Bible, like in a more original version. So I went back, I read like all the King James versions, and then I went back further and I started reading the Latin, the Greek, and the Hebrew versions. And the more I looked into the Bible, the more I realized it had this massive question mark over it that I just could not reconcile. And so maybe begin to question my religion even more. Like, okay, well, maybe maybe I just need to understand its history and origin. So then I started researching the Christian religion and its history, and it just got worse. You know, it like, was just unraveling day by day. Um, but basically, that whole journey led me to lose my religion, and it also led me to question: Well, if my religion isn't true, then what is true? And it became a journey for truth. I, I want to understand what is the truth because I always thought that Jesus was the truth. But now I'm realizing that that's probably not the case. So I started minoring in anthropology and religion. And I, I began to look at other religions, like, oh, that's not my religion, then maybe it's somebody else's. And I went through all of them. I read all the sacred texts. I went to all their different you know, sacred sites, and temples, and whatever. And I just kept running into the same story. It was the same information again and again with a different mask on it. And all of it was highly perverted and usually it was only delivering half truth. And I didn't know what the truth was, but I could I could definitely sense that it wasn't these belief systems. And I knew that because I could understand that belief was an opinion and no belief is true. So I kept searching. I searched through religion and spirituality and then I thought, well, not that. Maybe science has answers. And I started researching science very heavily, chemistry, and physics, and biology, you name it. I went through all the subjects. And I was running into a lot of dead ends there, too. It didn't really feel like science could prove anything. And the reality is that they can't. It's actually impossible to prove anything with science. All you can prove is what is false, not what is true. That's called the law of falsifiability. So it's like, okay, it's not religion. It's spirituality. It's not science. Maybe it's the philosophers. Those are real smart guys, right? So then I started reading all the different philosophers and looking at all these really smart dudes throughout hundreds, if not thousands of years. And they basically are all saying the same thing too, which is that nothing is for certain. You can't actually prove anything to be true other than one thing, which is the fact that you exist and you're experiencing something. Whatever that thing is, they would not name it, but they knew it wasn't real. And so that got me questioning more and more and more confused. And I just kind of went down this really intense truth-seeking path. And it lasted for about seven years where every day I was cranking through three, four, five books a day and then going to the bookstore and buying more and then going through those and then going back and getting more books. Just thinking that maybe if I gained more knowledge, I would eventually understand the truth. So during that That trip, I was at a bookstore one day, and you know I'm looking at all these different subjects, hoping that maybe this one will give me more understanding. Maybe these biographies, maybe these you know scientific exploration. And after I had a pretty hefty stack of books, I was walking to the counter, and I passed through a section that I almost never went through, which was the Wicca section. (laughs) <laughs> and there was a book faced out that just said alchemy in a big bold letters, and it caught my eye because I thought to myself, you know, I know a lot about basically everything at this point, but I know nothing about alchemy. And so I put all my other books down and I picked that one up and I kind of just looked at it. You know, I read the back, I looked at the table of contents, see what it was all about. And it looked like a pretty good starting point, like, oh, they're talking a little bit about the history and the philosophies and the practices. So maybe I can gain a footing on this subject, and maybe this subject will lend some understanding to what truth is. So I bought that book that day and I went home and I started reading it first. And it I couldn't put it down. It blew my mind. Basically, everything I had ever been looking for, all my hopes and dreams, like all the understanding. Of this truth-seeking, it was being pointed at directly in this alchemical language. And I could see very, very clearly that the truth was there in alchemy, but I still didn't understand what alchemy was. So that became my new pursuit. Like, okay, I'm hot on the lead. I can see it. This is betrayal. I need to discover what alchemy is and understand it more because the truth isn't there. And so I just Pushed all other studies aside and focused mainly just on alchemy, day and night, read alchemical book after book, starting first with all the modern authors over the last 100 years or so, and then realizing that those authors are just interpreting what they've read from past authors, or interpreting what they've read from even older authors, you know, that goes back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds to then thousands of years. So then I got into reading all these alchemical manuscripts Then I had to start learning other languages and translating and interpreting. And it was a massive study, another, like another seven year cycle of studying alchemy. But when you talk
0: about seven year cycles, does that have a significance? Because I know astrologically the seven is a really significant number.
1: I've always found it as a curious coincidence. You know, because it was never planned to be that way. It just kind of happened. It's like after the fact, you're like, huh, go figure. Right. There's another seven years that the cycle turns and I have uh, gained some new understanding, you know?
0: Yeah. Like I was just. Oh, sorry. No, go for it. I was just teaching some students today about transits and I was saying that seven, like watch what happens every seven years after a significant event um, because it's a Saturn cycle like Saturn takes about 28 years to complete its cycle and so divide that in four and there's these like significant angular moments that Saturn um, will aspect a place that it had been before so it's like if you first start studying something, seven years later something is going to happen. Um, but it's just really cool to You're hear right. that number. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've definitely seen it come up in my reality a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, I let it be what it is. But
0: I it's also think that it all starts to correspond. I had just wanted to say too that you have like a remarkable ability to focus, like a lot of determination. Um, that must just be part of who you are. Um, but Yeah, I just really feel that from your story.
1: Yeah, I think that was acquired, honestly, because I had a really messed up past and I was homeless for like 15 years of my life and didn't have family and was constantly struggling to survive, make money and get food and find a place to live. And most of the time, it was honestly living under trees in a park. Um, And my determination came from not wanting that. I looked at, other people living on the streets and how they just, you know, dwindle. They, they lose their health and sanity. And I've always had this feeling that there's something great within me and I wanted to explore that. And I couldn't do it being a bum. I couldn't do it struggling. And so the only way I could get out was by educating myself. And I, I used to think knowledge was the path. I don't feel that anymore. And I, I, I think it's maybe just a stepping stone, if anything. Um, But I'm grateful that I did have that determination to change my reality and speak
0: truth so that I could gain my own answers, establish my sovereignty, and become an authentic human being, which is a very rare thing in the majority. Yeah, that's really incredible. I actually didn't know that about you. And I think it it also makes sense, in a sense, to be in kind of dire circumstances and then be so connected to your soul, find something that you're passionate about and it's like it's just so core to you that you have the courage to share it and you're not I uh, something that I really like to talk about on this show too is just like be honest about magic and talk about the things that you really care about um there's no need to be private about it and it empowers other people too so for people who aren't familiar with your work, um, what is Kim- kimia Arts um, and how do you practice alchemy? Kimia Arts is a platform for alchemy in a demystified way. and It's the first thing you'll see on my website.
1: It just says alchemy demystified and just gives a brief little synopsis. But basically, I, I study, practice, and teach traditional alchemy. I... And then I remove all the mystifications, which is the greatest part, so that I don't have to navigate some spiritual language. I can just be like, hey, this means that. This is how you apply that knowledge. People can go, oh, my God, it's so simple. And I'm like, yeah, I know.
0: I did all the hard (laughs) work
1: for you. Now you can use it too.
0: Super cool.
1: I run run that platform, Kemiya Art. And it's a website. It's a social media platform. And I also hold apprenticeship courses where people can come and study with me in my lab and learn even more of how it relates directly to your life and how you can utilize that knowledge.
0: That's awesome. I also want to touch on something that you said about feeling like there was something, um, how did you put it? Like there was something really important within you and that was something that motivated you to be on this path. Um mm-hmm. And so you make metallic oils and have this relationship with the oil of gold. Um, And I guess I have my own associations with gold and it's associated with the sun, right? Yeah, that's
2: right.
0: Yeah, and so the sun in astrology is about specialness and grandeur of creativity and generosity of spirit. Um, So I guess... I would love to hear more about the oil of gold and maybe I guess first a little bit of context about what your metallic oils are and how you make them. Yeah. Yeah, I focus a lot on the metallics
1: because I feel it's the perfect place to represent the alchemical philosophy. It leaves it really leaves no room for an argument if you're open to, you know, experiencing different perspectives. So Kind of have to understand alchemical theory to understand how this is even possible but basically alchemists believe that all things in life come from the one same source and they call that source the prima materia the first matter you can relate it to chaos you could relate it to undifferentiated consciousness it's, it's infinity it's eternal right it's all things are possible at all times it's whatever so there's a lot going on there everything's going on there and that's the source of all but we view that same source, that eternity, that chaos, as three things. The body, the soul, and the spirit. Or alchemists called it the sulfur, the mercury, and the salt. So, everything in life comes from this one same source, and everything has these three principles. Everything has a body, soul, and spirit. So that's a great little philosophy, but another philosophy is from alchemy is to take no man's word. You can't hold a belief, you have to see for yourself. So in order to not believe that theory, that all things in life have a body, soul, and spirit, there has to be a way to test it. And that's what the alchemical lab work does. It brings matter into the lab, and it extracts from it soul, spirits, and bodies. So what that looks like is when you distill for a soul to capture it in a glass, You will always get some sort of oil. It will become the essential oil, the essential nature of that thing. And even that word essential comes from the root "esse," which means to be. It just is. It just exists. The soul. So you can extract the soul of something and you will get an oil. And now we can look at that oil like the soul or the consciousness. Nothing down to ash and leach those ashes and get a gold nugget, gold dust you don't find gold oxide and gold sulfate, whatever because it doesn't bond with anything else naturally, so it never tarnishes it never corrodes and it never will be found to be sort of ore, will always be itself a sovereign metal and alchemists use that as a sign of maturity, of wisdom so they look to gold to extract its soul, its consciousness so that they could weave it into their own through what we would consider communion, by ingesting it, communing your soul to its soul and learning its lessons, and waking yourself up and becoming sovereign physically, mentally, and emotionally. So it was always the highlight within all the traditional texts was was working with gold.
0: That's really cool. So what has happened um, in your life from ingesting the oil of gold? oh, a lot. Um, I feel my life drastically changed as soon as I started working with it. There was all
1: the change leading up of, you know, getting through my truth-seeking phases and then studying alchemy, And then I had to then make the transition from studying and reading about alchemy to then applying it and doing it. And that was kind of a big leap and a really scary one. Um, so that transition alone completely altered my life because it's one thing to have this cute little interest in these esoteric books and manuscripts. It's another thing completely to start buying chemistry equipment, and setting up labs in your living room and, you know, actually showing people that this might be real. Everyone thought I had lost it. (laughs) I actually, I actually did lose every single one of my friends and they all said I was going crazy so there was that transition alone but then i started to actually do it and understand the processes and work my way from the plant to the minerals finally the metals and there's a whole other seven-year cycle that we can look at again is my laboratory explorations before i got became a physician? but when i finally started taking the oil of gold my entire reality shifted instantly like for example when I made my first ever batch, and it takes months to make these things, right? So, so I get to the final product is months down the road. When I finally finished one, I made the first ever finalized oil of gold I had ever made. I was standing in my lab, which was just a little bedroom in this apartment that I was renting in Arizona. And I finish it, I bottle it, and I cork it. And as soon as I like, put the cork in the flask, I heard all of these people outside screaming, like screaming bloody murder. And I just like stopped and I listened. And I was like, what is going on? There's all these people in the streets screaming. So I went outside and everyone was standing in the middle of the road, looking straight up and the moon was being eclipsed and it was turning into a blood moon. And no one had any idea this was coming. Like it wasn't in the news. It wasn't in the forecast. I didn't know about it. And I, even I like look at astrology and pay attention to it. This came out of nowhere and it freaked everybody out. And I'm up there looking at this moon turned blood red. And I'm thinking of the blood red oil gold that I just finished and poured into a bottle. And my mind is completely blown. Like this makes no sense, right? Because these things run on cycles. You should be able to track these cycles. And I should have been aware that there was a blood moon happening, but I'm not. So that was like the first thing that clued me into this being special. And then I remember taking it that first night too. And I took, I think I took three drops of gold in a glass of wine because they used to drink it traditionally with wine or brandy. And I enjoyed a glass of wine with three drops of gold. And then I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like in a, in a dream, but my dream stopped. I'm dreaming, and all of a sudden, the dream just stopped, and it got black, and I became lucid, and I'm thinking to myself, in my dream, this is really weird, like, where did my dream go, and it urged me to wake up, and I wake up, and my room was pitch black, it was like super blacked out, dark cave. I wake up, and I'm looking around my room, and I can see everything, everything's glowing in this green color, and I'm like, where's that light coming from? And I'm looking around, no windows are open, no curtains are open, no lamps are on, no light whatsoever, but everything is illuminated green. And then I slowly saw the green light fade, and I realized that my eyes had never been open. And I opened my eyes, and my room was pitch black. And I'm like, whoa, this is a trip. It is straight up giving me vision in the darkness, it's actually illuminating like my dark reality, my physical reality. And it continued from there. It began to illuminate aspects of myself that I was unaware of, aspects of others, um, deep parts of consciousness and reality and eternity and all this stuff. And it just, like I don't know, shot me into this extremely fast-paced awakening where there were no questions about reality anymore. I completely understood truth. I, you know, I, I, I was done, resolved, done, like totally sovereign, just like gold is it had transferred its consciousness to my own and it gave me this intense understanding of all things, which I now utilize to showcase how alchemy works by being able to work with and manipulate matter to extract soul, spirit, and body so that other people don't have to wonder or philosophize about it, they can just talk to me and I'll just show them And it's all good now,
0: you know? That is so incredible. Um, How, like, amazing and rewarding, too, to have those kinds of experiences from the work that you were doing and also this path that you've been on of, like, the pursuit of truth. Um, It's interesting, too, because the, like... The perception that I've had of you when I see you in person or when I've seen you online is just that you're comfortable in yourself and um, there's like a self-possession and I feel like that is a really – in terms of like having – beliefs um, or having an experience with reality that is outside of convention I feel like there's a phase of insecurity or maybe trying to prove something or any of that and then you have these like direct experiences of truth and it is totally transformative and it becomes I guess like the sun you know astrologically I think of it as so generous it is just beaming light Um and the the archetype can be about like just sharing one's radiance so uh, it's really amazing that you had this experience of light in the dark um after trying the oil of gold um yeah and if
1: you just consider the sun in our solar system it's the central focus right all the other planets revolve around it it's not asking anyone for anything it's completely self-sustained generating its own light, its own heat, its own fuel, whatever, and then illuminating the rest of the heliosphere to provide for all the other planets. And that gravity pulls them in. It attracts them while it sustains itself in its sovereignty. And then it provides our planet with life, with warmth, with everything you know we need to survive for the plants to fuel themselves, to so feed and grow. So it's really interesting when you extract these essences of the metals because the metals correspond to the planets and the planets are within you actually they're not outside of you
2: i agree yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so that was the first one i started with and then the exploration really began doing all the other metals and ingesting those and seeing what was activated in my awareness of self and how it established kind of my identity but also I don't know how to call it. It's like you step away from all identification, but you gain this really solid one at the same time. And that's kind of been a constant struggle I have found. Like as you go forward and begin to speak about truth, you always run into contradiction and paradox. And I suppose it would always have to be that way because the truth is infinite and therefore holds all potential for all possibilities, really relative how you want to view it based upon your mind. So yeah, it's been a trip to work with these things and I don't know, awaken aspects of human consciousness that probably haven't really been seen in a while.
0: Yeah. I'm curious what some of your favorite stories are of transformations or miracles or whatever um, we could call it of experiences that people have when they've taken your oils and they've told you about it.
1: Man, So many. There's, I, I really like the ones that involve the kids. Because you can't really feed them a placebo, you know? So, for example, one time I was contacted by a woman and she was having issues with, she was pregnant and her baby was upside down in the the womb. So, you know, normally it's supposed to be born head first, her baby... affirmation Generated. So once you understand the mind, then you can rewrite your physical reality very, very easily. It's Kind of like manifesting,
0: I guess, but what it actually is. Not, not like the secret, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really into it. I'm actually really into manifestation practices and it does come down to like psychological self-awareness as well and like rewriting your thought scripts and also like your relationships with physical things. I feel like um, for me, like, I mean, working with oils or doing yoga or doing anything physical has this spiritual mental effect too. So it can be like playing back and forth between the physical and the non-physical. What was your experience of the oil of copper?
1: Yeah, copper cracked me right open.
0: Because <laughs> it's Venus, yeah. So, and, yeah, and you know, coming from a pretty rough childhood and
1: being homeless for like 15 years and struggling to get myself off the street, then educating myself and struggling to make money and go to school so I could be educated and not dumb and do something with my life, and then struggling with all the belief systems of you know, first why my religion was wrong and then why my pursuits or truths were wrong and basically was always an outcast and an outsider. So because of that, I closed myself off and I became really, really good at pretty much putting up a front that was either really mean, don't mess with me sort of thing or I'm too cool for you, don't mess with me. So either way, it was stay out of my world because I don't want your shit. pretty much the act I was putting on. Um, but that led me to a pretty closed-off heart, right? I had my own misunderstandings of myself and my reality and all the people in it. And it made me kind of an asshole. Not going to lie. I didn't really like myself. Um, so, anyways, when I took the oil of copper for the first time, I was just now coming out of that phase and beginning to understand that, you know, my reality really is a projection of my beliefs and my perspectives and emotions. And that I can change that at any time because really all I have control over is my mind and then the actions that follow based upon those thoughts. So I was beginning to have that thought and I finished the oil of copper and I took it. And I remember I, I, I took some that day. I put like a couple drops into a smoothie and then it was a really nice day and I wanted to go outside and walk around. And I lived close to like the downtown area. So I went outside and I took a walk. I'm walking around the street to like get a coffee. You know, I'm hanging out, enjoying the sunny day. It's been a long winter and I'm standing on this street corner waiting to cross the street. And this girl is running up from like way down on the other side. She's like running as fast as she can. She's screaming at me. She's like, hey, hey stop, stop. Like just wait there. And She's running. So I'm standing there and I'm holding a coffee, waiting to cross the road. She runs up to me, panting, like super tired. She's like, oh my God, I just came over here to tell you that you're beautiful and I love you. And I just wanted to tell you that. And then she just walked away. This is a complete stranger.
0: Right? Oh my God.
1: And so and so that, that trips me out. I'm like, okay, well, that was interesting. I crossed the street. I'm walking down the road, I'm thinking about that interaction, and then this couple walks past me, they're an older couple, and they're like holding hands and walking, and they're just like, like, wow, you're so beautiful, like, you must be so inspiring for so many people, keep doing what you're doing, another group of strangers, right? I'm like, whoa, what is happening? And I had to stop, and I sat down on a park bench, and I just started crying which I didn't ever do before. Like I was a very, very solid individual. Didn't really express emotion and definitely didn't cry. And I just bawled my eyes out. because I was like, wow, I actually am awesome. I am beautiful. Like I, I, I do deserve to have a good life and people do actually appreciate me. And I just came to that realization and understood that I had been creating my own suffering and it all hit in a moment. But everything changed. So, The Venus Archetype has become one of my favorites ever since. Honestly, it's one of my favorite oils. I love making it. I love taking it. um, And I I feel very comfortable with those lessons now. And so I just get to enjoy that. But something that needs to be noted about the I mean, alchemical medicines in general, is that everyone expects when they take something like this to heal something physically. They, They look at it like a drug if I put this in my mouth, I'm going to start tripping out. I'm going to feel super energetic and happy whatever they want to believe, right? But that's actually not the reality. It doesn't really make you feel things physically. Everything else changes. Your reality starts to interact with you in a different way. It really alters the dream. And it does so on a level that is so subtle and smooth that you don't even realize it's happening at first unless you stop and really consider... What just got reflected back to me? And what is the only thing that I've changed before these experiences started to occur? And every single time, it's always, oh, I just took an oil. and Now everyone's treating me differently. It's amazing.
0: That's really incredible. Um, that just inspired me so much. And I mean, I have such a love for the planets and I feel like um communing with them and talking with them has changed my life in really drastic ways and it would be amazing to interact with them through metallic oils which I have a few times and um through yours and I've had cool experiences with them too um I know one time after I took something of yours um it was, it was back in 2015, but that night I had an astral plane experience where I was dating someone at the time and he and I found each other on the dream plane and it was really lucid. And in the morning we were talking about what we were wearing and we were just comparing notes from the dream. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was really cool um, to have just kind of been launched into this uh, different relationship to the astral plane from taking an oil. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I like to
1: designate the difference between knowledge and understanding. You know, knowledge is purely intellectual. It's only of the mind. So you can philosophize about any subject you want all day long, forever. But you're never going to actually understand it, until so you experience it. You know, you can have knowledge that the Great Pyramids of Egypt exist, but you don't understand what it's like to stand under them, until you actually do. So knowledge and understanding are very different. I find that a lot of people have knowledge of the planet, the chakras and correspondence and whatever, but very, very few people have understanding. Everyone likes to talk about their opinion and perspective, but who can talk about their experience? And that's where the oil has become such a valuable tool because it's like, wow, I can actually weave this archetype into my consciousness, into my being, and experience it from the inside out and then from the outside in And I can talk to you from exactly that perspective of what I see rather than what I think to know, man, that is infinitely more valuable. I don't know who wouldn't want that.
0: Yeah. It, it is important with astrology as well to like have um, a direct experience with the planets and you can read and interpret or read other people's interpretations and that can be a portal into direct experience, but it is really powerful to pray speak to the planets directly and start to notice how they manifest in life um, and experience them that way. I know what you totally. mean. Totally. Um,
1: and this f- is just one tool uh, to do that. Of course, there's infinite avenues. This is just one of them.
0: It is really cool that you you created this like from a lab, from this like willpower and this desire to understand. Um, I'm curious how your experiences with, so how was the trajectory of, you know, you started this business or you started, maybe it wasn't a business right away, but you started practicing alchemy and you lost all your friends. um, And now there's a good deal of interest in the work that you're doing. So how did you kind of transition into, um, and maybe Venus and copper helped, but like receiving, that shift um, and that transition? Yeah. You know, I never wanted to start a business.
1: Even to this day, it's not really my main interest. And I get a lot of judgment for it. Everyone tells me that I can't do this. And this is, you know, esoteric knowledge. It's not to be shared with the not the non-initiates, whatever. I don't know. I get a lot of crap. But um, I never imagined I would do this as a business. To me, it was always my private pursuit. This was my journey, my practice, and I'm doing this for me. But, you know, over time, people become aware of what you're up to. I made new friends. New friends come to my house. They see all my equipment. They start asking questions. I make oils. I didn't need to tell the whole philosophy behind it. And then people are like, oh, oils. I love oils. Can you make this or that? Can you help me with you know my psoriasis? Do you have something for all of my problems? And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I, I can help with that because I understand it. And I would begin to give people oils. I want to buy the liquid mercury. She's like, what? Like, yeah, I know. This is really weird. But you ask. There's the answer. What's going on? What are you selling? How much do you have? Like, I'll buy the mercury. She's like, hold on. Let me call my friend. He's the guy selling it. She gets on the phone right then and there. And she calls her friend. She's like, hey, um, one of my employees is interested in your mercury. Here, talk to him. You guys can work it out. She hands me the phone. I'm like, hey man, I heard you want to sell some mercury. What do you have? How much? He's like, okay, well, I have. He's like, I'm selling about 500 bucks worth. I'm like, cool. Well, how much? He's like, 27 pounds. Okay, to put this into perspective. One pound of mercury is about the size of a small four milliliter vial, and it costs about 300 dollars. This guy was selling 27 pounds for 500 bucks like the math is stupid obviously this is the best deal you're ever going to get like awesome i will buy all of it he's like great i'll bring it to your job tonight just have cash and then he hangs up the phone so i look at my boss and i'm like okay so i really want to buy this mercury, but i'm at work i don't have 500 dollars cash on me is there any way you can um you know front me some money and i'll pay it back He's like, yeah, totally. Just take it out of the register and we'll pull it out of your paycheck. I'm like, great. So I get 500 bucks. I start the job, you know, working, people are coming in, I'm serving drinks, whatever. And then that guy shows up later that night. It was like a drug deal. It was so shady. The guy's all like, hold this bucket, it with um with, with foam. He's being all shady about it. He's like, not me the bucket under the bar and I hand him $500 in cash. It's just like leaves and walk out the door. And now I have all this mercury. So I got it. I bought it. But here's the funny part. So that night I go home and I wasn't supposed to work for three days. That was my last shift for the week. And I go to bed thinking I'm going to get sleep in because I just closed the bar at like 2 a.m., you know? But anyways, I wake up at 7 a.m. And my phone ringing and I look and it's my boss. I'm like, oh, no. So I pick up the phone. She's like, hey, so Sorry. I really need to call you down for a meeting. You know, we're changing some policies If you're the bar manager and we really need you there. I totally forgot to tell you. I'm so sorry. I know it's your day off. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll be there. It's like, just give me like 30 minutes. I got to, I just woke up. I got to get ready. So I get up really fast. And I get ready and I go down to the bar expecting to have this uh, team meeting about policy changes. And I walk in and it's just my boss with my paycheck on the table I'm like, Well, I know what that means. He's like, Sit down. I'm like, Well, why am I sitting down? I thought we we're having a team meeting. This looks like I'm getting fired. He's like, Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Sit down. I'm like, well, I don't really want to sit down. I don't want to get fired. Like, why is this happening? I'm like, well, we've been having issues with you because you haven't been following our procedures. I was like, What? I just got promoted like two weeks ago and I became bar manager. Everything was fine. I was like, rank top employee, what's going on? Like, well, you didn't refill the men's soap dispenser last night. I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, the bar's not open. I can refill it right now. And, you know, crisis averted. I don't have to get fired. Soap gets refilled and it's all good. I'm sorry I forgot to refill the soap. And he's like, no, we we just really actually need to show how serious we are about policy and procedure So we're going to make an example of you and we're giving you your last paycheck. So that basically started off my whole journey in chemia. I didn't want to do chemia as a business. I never suspected I would have. I actually avoided it at all costs. And the only thing that made it happen was the universe handed me exactly what I said I needed within moments of me saying I needed it and never let me off the hook ever since. So I surrendered and built Chemia. And I did it in three days. After I got fired, I was very, very short on money because I paid for all this liquid mercury. I didn't even have enough to cover my rent. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm sitting down at this table and I'm not getting up until I have a website and I have a product and I have a business because that is clearly what's being shown to me. So I did. I sat at my table for three days. I didn't leave the house. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I didn't use the bathroom. Literally. I went into like crazy, just productive hyper mode and I built all of Cameo Arts. I wrote every single web page, took every single picture, made every single product, designed all of the packaging in three days and then clicked publish. And that website is pretty much exactly the same as it was when I built it, I don't know, what was it like six years ago or something?
0: Wow. (laughs) So that sounds like a lot of destiny on your path. Um, and it's really, I love hearing stories like that because it's synchronicity and I feel like that's how the universe works really is through synchronicity. Um, but those stories are like almost like being hit in the brick by the, like hit with a brick by the universe. Like it's so, um, blatant, um, so I love stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And it's been doing good ever since. Like at first it got a lot of negative comments. Um, I was contacted by basically all the alchemists of the world that claim to be alchemists and different communities and forums and guilds and whatever. And I was asked to take it down. Nobody liked me doing it. They said it was private knowledge and that people needed to be initiated to learn about these things. And um, I'm I'm desecrating the tradition and all this stuff. And that never made sense to me. I'm like, wait, why is it bad for us to give truth to people? Like, why are we trying to control this? Why are we trying to mask it? I, I don't understand that. So I'm like, this is my right as my work and my expression and my art be able to put this out. So I'm going to keep it there. And if it goes down, it goes down. And if it goes further, it goes further. I didn't ask to do this. It came to me. So I'm going to let it be what it is. That's integrity. That's honesty. And that's what I'm all about now that I've got this tree thing on lockdown. So I did. I left it alone. And for the first two years, I think it got a lot of bad press. And then over the last, I don't know, four years or so, When I didn't budge on my position, then it began to seem that people were much more open to actually looking at this perspective with me. Because let's face it, I'm not actually trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. I am simply practicing my practice, the alchemical practice. And if people want to look at it with me, they can. There it is. Awesome. Say whatever you want to say about it. Think whatever you want to think. But you can look at it just as I can look at it. And I will talk to you openly about it as transparently in a demystified manner as best as I can. And I honestly feel like that attitude eventually got people to respect what I was doing more so than judge it as being crazy.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And now there's sense. basically
1: no argument. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's really important. You know, even for like the listeners, really, it's like if you have a truth or, and you have something that is deep in your soul or like you have an offering to share, I think there is a lot of resistance at first. Uh, I have a lot of theories on why that would be, but I mean, it's almost like a little yeah. sprout coming out of the ground and it's so easy to just step on it and squish it, you know? And then when things are a little bit more established, it's like a whole big oak tree and things bounce off of it in a sense. So, um, having that determination or just that confidence or just standing in your integrity and letting time pass by and continuing to do the work, something is going to shift. Um, that's kind of even the, I think like if I wasn't being self-conscious about using the word alchemy right now, I'd be like, it's alchemy, (laughs) but yeah. Um, because I'm speaking, totally. yeah, metaphorically, but have there been other spiritual or kind of business challenges along the path of practicing alchemy and sharing it with other people? Yeah. I mean, it definitely comes with its
1: fair share of challenges, but it's my choice to meet them how I will. So now I, I'm not a very really emotionally reactive person. I, I, Things as they are, and I let them be as they are, and that's what the Venusian archetype also teaches this you know understanding that it comes with. Or, or I like to talk about it in true love you know, true love, but let's just look at it for a second. I wrote a post on it it's on my Instagram where I go into the etymology of the word love, and love that word originally comes from another word, leaf, which is where we get our word leave, like to leave something alone, to leave it be. The word love literally means leave it alone, leave it be, and I feel that people forget that because everyone thinks that when you give love, like right, giving all this affection and and um, compassion and whatever it is, but that's not love. Love is letting something be as it is because if you love it, if you understand it, you don't have to touch it or alter it. And that Venusian archetype told me that, taught me that, so as I've gone forward from that point and created a business and have become a teacher, sorry, there's a siren going off. Um, I'll let that pass. Um, I've basically had to learn to not touch my reality. So I'm just, I'm just going to ramble. I got, I got a lot of ideas right now. When I was going through all the studies of coming to my truth, right? Finding alchemy, I went through the history and the religion and spirituality and the science, but then I came to the philosophers and the philosophers all seem to come to the same conclusion, which is that the purpose of life is self-defined and the best you can do is meet all experiences with virtue. And the word virtue means to be in accordance with truth. So every thought, every action, every word should be in the, accordance of truth. And if you are doing that, you are living a virtuous life and therefore you are living a fulfilled life and one that lacks suffering. I can really relate to that. One of the virtues that the philosophers would speak of was integrity. It's my favorite one, kind of like the foundational one, in my opinion. And integrity comes from two words, two root words. In, which means no, and tegre, which means to touch. It means don't touch to live with integrity is to not touch not push nor pull towards you what you like nor dislike to just let it be treat it with love and understand it that was one of my biggest obstacles getting into a spiritual path and a business path because there is a lot of whack stuff out there and a lot of really dishonest people that come on with Really beautiful masks, and then look to take from you literally everything. And I have been in that situation multiple times where I have lost everything. Even after building Chemia. I've lost all my money, all of my lab equipment, all of my houses, all of my friends again and again and again. And I just let it be, understanding that it's okay to let things die so that they can grow. It's okay to let the old form and the old comfort spot dwindle and decay so that I can grow into something bigger and greater. And it's a hard lesson because it's painful. But the reality is is that I, as I've gained more spiritual maturity, I've recognized that, you know what, pain isn't always going to be absent, and pleasure isn't always going to be present. But I'm happy to meet and work with both. And it's just having the experience that I value over anything. I would much rather be having an experience than no experience at all. And I can definitely see how pain is going to help me grow, learn, and evolve. I don't think it's necessary all the time, but when it arrives, I meet it with integrity and I don't try to make it be anything other than what it is. And that's what allows me to be a heart-centered being. And it has completely radically shifted my reality, my perspectives, my relationships, my business, and it's extremely beautiful. I'm so thankful to be in this position to watch it play out and to play out through me, like who would have thought? But now it's at the point where, you know, major companies and businesses are reaching out to me for me to be a headline speaker so that I can coach them on how to move forward, how to move forward consciously and how to grow with integrity and not just be the same models that everyone has seen for so many years that rape and pillage the planet and all the people around it. So I know that was
0: a long
1: chain of thought, but thanks no, for asking the question to
0: let me spit it out. <laughs> no, that was really inspiring. Um, so inspiring, really. Like I think having a business, also myself, and like when I started it, um, something that I can relate to with your story is just that I I would had this direct experience of reality that was really profound and. My sanity had been questioned. I had had to fake my way out of psychiatric attention, but I believed in myself the whole time. So when I came from that place, I just felt like I'm just going to share my truth to the world and see what happens and really good stuff came of it. And it's still, I think at this point, hearing and getting the reminder to stay in integrity and just be honest and that that's a really powerful business model. It's like, that's what's real. It takes so much energy to be something that you're not. um, And it would cause suffering. And I also really appreciate um, what you're saying about how you've dealt with these transformations where you lose things and it makes way for something new. I, I feel like, when a person is accelerating spiritually or like massive spiritual breakthroughs or a lot of shift is happening, that can change one's outer circumstances or circles and to be okay with that. Um, yeah, that is that is a difficult lesson. Um, and it's interesting to hear from your perspective. And also what's very strange that I just have to say is that you're the third person in less than 24 hours who's talked to me about pleasure and pain. And so those synchronicities, I'm always tracking them. I don't know what that one means yet, but it's been the same sentiment about how life brings both and this kind of um, neutral, like it's all okay um, message around it. Mm -hmm. It's tripping me out.
1: Yeah. And I mean, pleasure and pain is a relative perspective. What is painful for one can be extremely pleasurable for another. So therefore, it cannot be true because it is changing. The thing about truth is that it never changes. It is infinite. It's always there. If the truth changed, then it would become relative. Therefore, making it an opinion or a belief. And everybody should know, just with understanding English language, that opinions are not truth. They're opinions. There's different words for it for a reason. So, yeah, to talk about our physical experience that we see outside of ourselves, it's always going to be dualistic, which is why we get to that truth conversation and it always becomes paradoxical because the dualities begin to contradict each other. So, I never really focus on one end of the spectrum or either. I always try to go in the middle. But I recognize that, yes, we do view good and bad. You, you pain and pleasure up and down, black and white, whatever. And we always will as long as we are having an experience. But the only thing that I actually can control, this is another one of those stoic philosopher things, is that I have no control over anything other than my mind. I control how I get to view, how I get to perceive the situation. And that's what turns a bad thing into a good thing. That's what allows the alchemy to actually transform So, if we go backwards to saying, you know, when we talked about what is alchemy, it is the understanding of how consciousness relates to matter. Well, how? What is that how? How does it relate to matter? The short answer is consciousness relates to matter via the mind. The mind is the connecting factor. The mind is the spirit. Spirit is mercury in the alchemical tradition. Mercury is the same as Hermes, and this god or this deity, this archetype, is the one with the messenger between the gods and mortals, between infinity and the finite reality, between consciousness and matter. It's the mind. So the mind is always the tool. It's the only tool that we actually have. It's the only thing that we can actually conduct and navigate and control. So really, if things are shitty for somebody, change your perspective, you know? And if it takes changing the environment or whatever else is going on to really bring that perspective in to do that. One of the reasons I find value in using the metallic oils a different alchemical extraction is because I can take the archetype that I know I need to alter. Maybe it's the mercurial archetype. Maybe it's the Venusian or, you know, the Saturnian archetype that I can see is imbalanced. And if I take one of those medicines and ingest it and commune with it, it will awaken itself in me, and I can bring balance to those areas where my perceptions were skewed. And then the change can happen from inside to outside. You know, you can take the oil and see your reality shift because your mind shifts, and it and it's very simple chemistry, right? All things are chemical in nature. I am a chemical, bioelectrical, chemical being. You know, oxygen can get you high. So can water. So can any other substance. Uh, so. All things have a chemical nature. If you put a chemical of any kind, like an oil, into your body, its chemistry will react with your chemistry, and it will alter the way your endocrine system works. Endocrine systems make different hormones. Those hormones affect the way that you think and feel. Change the way you think and feel, you begin to change your perspectives on your reality, and it becomes very, very real. So it all, it's all working, you know. It's all connected. and It's all connected through the mind. So whether it's using some sort of mental tool or some sort of physical tool to change that mental archetype, either way, it's always the mind at the end that's altering, which is what is changing the physical. And that's what alchemy really is all about. You know, so many people like to designate it as being this art of transformation or transmutation, whatever words you want to use. We should now know it's just Understanding how consciousness relates to the mind and we know how through the mind or how consciousness relates to matter It's through the mind. And if you understand those three principles you know, Consciousness mind and matter or soul spirit and body and you know how to navigate those through alchemical tradition That is a great power That is the great work. That is the magnum opus actually And when you draw it all out on a piece of paper the graph you make is called the philosopher's stone It's pretty wild so, I want another one of my rambling <laughs> things, but you got me thinking.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it, and I feel really grateful that you've studied this so deeply, and then found ways to talk about it to translate it to others. Um, and it it seems like you were you were just following the path that was laid out, and was this calling, and you answered it. Um, And when I think about it, um, I've been like when I follow business people or content creators, it's a thing to like get into something deeply and then learn how to transmit it and make it more accessible to others. It's a kind of service, I guess. It's being like Mercury in a sense of translating something um, so that it's accessible for other people. And I really appreciate that you've done it in a way that maintains the integrity of it. that there's a depth that you're sharing about it. And it's also, so I just want to clarify something with you. When If you have an archetype out of balance, because I feel a lot of the listeners to this podcast know about astrology. So um, let's say someone feels like Mars or Venus, or they can identify the planet that's out of balance. You can just take the oil related to that planet. It's not about kind of mixing it with another planetary energy like how does that work yeah it's definitely open for interpretation and
1: exploration but just to start to make it simple for people yes let's say you know, here's a good example i had a guy email me one time he he was like hey i recognize that my marshall center so in your body mars corresponds with the solar plexus and then with your digestion and you know, all the organs involved in that. But it also relates to the mental archetype of will and of confidence. So this guy emails me and he's already he's already aware that his martial center is a little off because he lacks confidence. He doesn't know how to apply his willpower. He has digestive issues and he's hoping that the oil of iron will help. But he just wants to double check that he's making the right choice and You know, It's kind of an investment for him, so he wanted to get some feedback. And based upon what he told me, I'm like, yeah, I I do think that the oil of iron is best for you because it relates to Mars. I I do think that will help. So he buys the oil, and he gets back to me like two weeks later. And at first, the email is really negative. He's just like, you told me this was going to help me, and... I've been taking it, I don't feel anything, I don't notice anything, this is stupid, you're ripping me off, blah, 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 just like blaming all the stuff on me. And as I'm reading through the email, I'm like, wow, this guy really doesn't like me or my oils, and he thinks I'm a fraud, but that's fine, whatever. Um, But I kept going, and he's like, yeah, so these are my thoughts, this is where I've been for the past two weeks. So I just decided, you know what, this oil isn't going to do it for me, I'm just going to do it myself. And as soon as he said that to himself, he recognized his will and his confidence and realized that the only thing he had changed was taking the oil of iron. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he has all the confidence to stand up for himself and really state his position. And it worked. It really did. So that is one way you can apply it. If you understand the correspondences of what mental archetype or physical organ is off in your body, if you can be honest with yourself enough to see that, then you can basically pinpoint which planet needs to be brought back into balance and make your choice accordingly with the oil. You know, another example would be a lot of people have issues with Saturn, right? Like we probably all see how people project all over Saturn as being
0: this terrible negative
1: (laughs) thing. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But we know that isn't really the case. That Saturn is actually a lot about abundance and the harvest, it's, you know, planting good seeds and, and all kinds of stuff. So basically, a lot of people avoid the oil that corresponds to it, which is lead. The oil of lead is lead is the corresponding metal for Saturn, and it's the root chakra in the body. It relates to the base of the spine, the skeletal structure, the foundation that holds you together and allows you to have your experience also believed to be the point in which spirit or mind enters the body and then begins to have the human experience. So, a lot of people are afraid of lead, right? Oh my God, lead is toxic, it's poisonous, it's going to kill me, don't ever look at it, don't ever touch it, blah, blah, blah. And people forget that there is actually no metal inside a metallic oil. The point is that you're producing an essence that's coming from the metal It doesn't put the metal itself in it. It's not like a colloidal suspension or a nanoparticle or a monoatomic. No, it's an oil. It's organic. There's no metal in it. You're not consuming lead. But I see all these people project this fear onto this oil. And the people that do that usually are the ones that do have a lot of fear and anxiety, which is really funny because that's exactly what the oil of lead usually works on. People have doubts, fears, anxieties, concerns, worries paranoias, whatever, that is all not having a solid spiritual foundation, right? That's, there's some sort of thought or belief in the background of that person's mind that makes them lack a sense of security. If you don't have a good sense of security, if you don't have a good foundation, how can you move forward? And so I've seen a lot of people take the oil of lead and just lose all of these crazy projections of fear all of these crazy addictions to not only substances, but mental habits and bring that sense of security back in, have that solid structure, have that good spiritual foundation and then build on top of it just by taking a couple drops of oil for a few days. Very, very profound
0: stuff. Wow. I love hearing the, um, how you speak about the planets and, um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for Saturn and also, yeah, even just the ways that the metals are associated also makes sense, lead and um yeah. So I guess I want to ask you then, um do you you work with the seven planets? Um do you go out to Neptune or Uranus or Pluto or they weren't like in the ancient um astrology, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm just curious about
1: that. Um I haven't featured it yet, but I have been stepping in that direction. So I've been extracting other metals than the ones that I currently have and learning more about them, studying them so that I can release those later. Because I do think they are of value. I started off first with just the traditional seven as was the alchemical tradition. But if we're gonna be honest, you know, it's as within, so without and Outside of ourselves, we have knowledge of these other planets. And yeah, they do have their impact upon us physically and our universe. So they should be considered. So I'm going in that direction now. I just haven't released that yet to the public because all that research really isn't in place. And I personally like to only speak from a place of experience. I am not here to tell people what I believe. I don't believe anything, in all honesty. I look and I observe and I relate back what it is I reserve. Or, uh, observe. Um, so I want to be able to do that honestly with these new metals and with these planets so that people can actually benefit from what I'm doing rather than be set a new spiritual belief system.
0: Okay. I'll keep an eye out. And how can people work with you um, or find you? And you offer an apprenticeship program, right?
1: Yeah, I hold classes regularly. And then really – People just need to reach out. So my website is the best way. I'm getting a lot of increased activity now. I'm honestly receiving hundreds of emails a day, and I have people helping me sort through those so that we can respond to every single person. But I'm really chill. I'm really easy. And if people just reach out and inquire about what they are interested in, I will help direct them. If people want to come take one of the courses I offer, they can find that information on the website. If they want something more unique to their position, they can contact me and I can arrange private lessons, um, consultations, whatever. It really just takes communication. And I just, yeah, treat it as best as I can and help everybody get what they're looking for.
0: That's super cool. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me as well. and you're on vacation in Hawaii, so um, yeah, I yeah, just appreciate it. Away from the
1: lab, I'm <laughs> always there. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks a lot for the questions and taking time. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's been a real trip. I really like your stories, and I believe you that you have a lot more. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not for days.
0: That's awesome. I really I appreciate you a lot, and. I am feeling really inspired. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that you find value in me being me. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks, Avery. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had such a great time talking with Avery and I think that I'm going to get back into playing with the metallic oils and just experimenting with what could happen in my life when, you know, the way that I practice astrology is that I know when a certain archetype in my life is out of balance because all of the Planetary archetypes are multivalent, meaning they express across a spectrum of possibility. And so if I'm having a negative experience and I can track the archetypal character of that negative experience, so like here when we were talking about Mars, like not feeling like connected to willpower is a Martian experience in as much as having an anger problem is a Martian experience. But Mars is also about courage and skillful action. (sighs) And so these are different ways that the archetype can play out. So when I know that I'm having like an issue with one of the planets in my life, to think that I could take an oil to kind of enhance that and make some shifts is really exciting. And so I'm going to be experimenting with that along with any of y'all who try it out. And I mean, I do have relationships to certain metals and uh, definitely like copper, Um, I feel a really strong connection with. But um, at any rate, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here and have a blessed day.